Welcome back to the middle of culture. I am one of your co-hosts, Peter. And I'm your other co-host, host, a little, I'm your other <laughs> co-host, Eden. I was going to make a joke about how, oh, I'm one of your other co-hosts, but our other co-host, co-host isn't here today. But then I trembled and stumbled all over my words. Yeah, but no, okay. our father is not here this time. He is not. And, you know, he, he would not be able to participate in our conversation. I, I have a, a, in kind of a, a highlight, an illusion, a foreshadowing of what we're going to talk about today. Have you ever tried to play a video game with our father? Not since I was a child trying to mm. get him to play Moon Patrol with me on the mm. Atari 5200. Mm -hmm. So, no. Mm. So at one point he was out visiting us in uh, New Hampshire and he said to me, he's like, I want to know what this halos is about. And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the, the halos dad, y you want to play the halos? He's like, yeah, I want to play the halos. And I'm like, okay. So I pulled out halo three and we fired it up in co-op. And we start running and I swear like five seconds. I'm like, Where, where's my dad? I'm like, I'm running solo here and I turn around and I go back and he has run like the first 10 feet. And then you have to jump. Oh, to go up. sure. Yeah. And he is standing in front of where you have to jump and he is looking up and then he's looking down and then he's looking up and then he's looking down and then he's looking up. And then he's looking down and he cannot jump. He can't figure it out. I'm like, dad, push the button, push the a button. I'm like, just push a. And he's like, what, what? And, and then he was like, this is dumb. I can't do this. And he turned it off and walked away. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that, that, that was, that was my experience. So I don't think he would be in, uh, uh I don't think he'd be participating in, uh, our conversation for later today, but Hey, how the heck have you been Eden? You know, I've been pretty okay. Um, it's December. Uh, we're slowly but surely getting used to the uh, weather change, the, the time change. Pretty soon, the sun will start coming up earlier and going down later, which, thank God, that'll happen soon because it gets dark so early. Yeah. I yeah, just can't it handle it. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? Uh, I'm hanging in there, as I mentioned to you before we started recording. I'm I'm fairly certain that the sickness I had a couple of weeks ago that we talked about, uh, in looking back in retrospect, I think it almost certainly was a, a variant of COVID, um, because I am absolutely, utterly fatigued and exhausted all the time, no matter how well I sleep, no matter how much sleep I get. But hey, that's all good. We're making it and getting through things and. Uh, looking forward to a little time off the first week of January. So that'll be nice. I'm, I'm Do you have any plans for how you're going to spend that time off or? Nope, I don't. Um, honestly, my office manager basically went through and just picked six weeks for me to take off. Cause I'm really bad at taking my vacation time. And so she went through and just for the next year penciled in six weeks for me, looking at times where she knew that uh, my wife was off or things like that. And um, yeah, so I have this week off the first week of January and I don't know, I'm just going to take it easy and enjoy not having to go to work. Well, you know, kudos to your office manager for 
facilitating that for you. As is often the case, she's much better at helping take care of me than I am at taking care of myself. So, you know, it's all good. There you go. But uh, what you been into lately? Anything you wanted to uh, mention? Yeah, I got a couple things I want to mention. Um, first off, I went and saw Godzilla Minus One, uh, and you will hopefully be hearing about that next episode, uh, listeners. It was a lot, and I want to talk with Peter about it, so I'm going to make him go see it as soon as he's off call. Um, That's the plan. But um, in terms of other stuff that I have been checking out lately, uh, I'll mention just one game off the top, or just really quickly that I like tried again, um, and at one point played a lot of, but I tried it again and it just I bounced right off of it. Did okay. you ever play Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Yes. In fact, I have played it twice. I mean, I played it a lot. According to my Steam library, I played that thing for like 76 hours, which is a lot of time to play a game. That's a lot. That's like more than playing through the whole story. I think I maybe played it twice. When I, you know, first played it back in 2013, 2014, I think it was maybe even 2013 because I think it was at our old house. Um, So, you know, I had in a recent humble bundle, I guess because we can't just be normal about things. They had to re-release it and call it Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. And I was like, Uh I remember liking that game. Maybe I'll give it a try again. So I installed Re-Reckoning. First off, I can't tell what they did the menu still look like 29 2009 dog <laughs> shit so i don't know yeah, like do. you still have to like click enter to equip the, i can't just use my mouse button like you didn't change anything about this game 15 years ago um and i think they claim to have remastered something like that i don't know they're lying. It looked like a game from 2009. It played like a game from 2009. And I guess 2023 Eden is not into that. Cause I made it about 15, <laughs> 20 minutes in. And then I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good actually. So I uninstalled it. Yeah. That's, fair. uh, I don't know. I remember really liking it. And then I was really bored by it immediately. And I was just like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, the other things I, I wasn't was, immediately bored by it, excuse me, bored by it when I replayed it. And it was a couple of years ago. It was when the re-reckoning version came out. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was like um, a couple of years ago. But yeah, it, it was definitely, um, I, I don't know. It, it, here's the thing, listener. One of the things that drew me to it is that the story supposedly was written by Bob Salvatore. Now, Bob Salvatore is... Uh, if you're into the D and D books, uh, he's kind of well-known and he's carved out a little niche for himself in fantasy literature, uh, having written a metric shit ton of books about, uh, one dark elf, uh, Drizzt Dorden. And then he's written some stuff in his own. Uh, and I've liked some of his stuff though. I haven't really uh, read much in the last little while, but so we have this well-known fantasy author who um, they were touting, oh, a deep, rich story in an engaging world written by Rare Salvatore and blah, blah, blah. And Dog, that ain't there. It's not a great story. There ain't much to it, unless I really missed something. It sure feels like they maybe had him come into the office for an afternoon and write them uh, five pages, six pages, and they were like, I guess that's enough to make a game. (laughs) 
you're, you're, you're giving him more credit than me. I'm like, this is like somebody met him in a bar and he gave him the napkin at the end and was like, here's a couple ideas for you. Yeah. It's, you know, I, again, I remember really liking it. I remember at least there was like a chakrams weapon that I remember really liking. Yeah. I used those I the last even, time I played. Enjoyed those. I, I didn't even make it long enough to get those unlocked in this playthrough <laughs> before I was just like, you know what? I could go play any number of other uh, newer, better games. So I stopped immediately. Um, so sorry to you, uh, Big Idea Studios or whatever that only game that they ever made and was supposed to be like a proof of concept for an MMO that never happened. But hey, whatever, man. It never happened because they owed the state of Rhode Island way too much money. Well, that's what you get. You play tax games, you win tax prizes. <laughs> right. All right. The only other thing I want to mention, I want to mention a couple comics I've read in the last couple of weeks um, that I think are worth mentioning. Um, were, were you a, a Walking Dead person, Peter? Did you ever watch the show? Did you ever read the comics? Nope. I have never watched it. I never read it. Did you ever play those Telltale games? I haven't even played the Telltale game. Nope. Well, there you go. You know what? I don't think you're missing much. I think that they're <laughs> mostly bad. Um, and I think that the fans of them are about the most insufferable people alive. Mm -hmm. um, but that's neither here nor there. Why I bring it up is because the main character of the Telltale series is a young girl named Clementine. Mm -hmm. And... She's a side character in the first one because you play as Lee and he like takes Clementine in and he's like, I guess I'm going to raise Clementine. And then he dies at the end of the fucking game because whatever. It's a telltale game. You got to tug at the heartstrings because we're not tugging at the gameplay strings because you can't play these games because they're garbage and their engine is falling apart at the seams even back then. Whatever. Um, Clementine is kind of the POV character for the rest of those telltale games. And so you see her grow up. Whatever. I haven't played him. I played the first season that uh the one where lee is and he dies at the end and i was like whatever mm -hmm. but the last couple of years they have had some original graphic novels come out that are continuations of clementine's story and i'm like i wouldn't care about this except for one thing they're written and illustrated by tilly walden have you ever heard of tilly walden peter i have not tilly walden is incredible Tilly Walden is one of the most productive comics artists I've ever heard of who can create such good art at such a speed. She's incredible. Her book on a sunbeam is easily in my top 10 comics of all time, potentially in my top five. So this, wow. this is the level of person we're talking about. Like one of her books is one of the greatest comics I've ever read in my life. And listeners, as you all know, I've read a lot of comics. I'm literally a doctor in it. And she still clears top five, or top ten for sure, maybe top five. So they hired her to do these Clementine Walking Dead tie-in graphic novels? Which I thought was a really weird thing. But then I had to read them. I had to know. I had to know if they were any good. Sure. And listener, I uh, am happy to report to you that they're the two worst books that Tilly Walden's ever made, which means that they're still better than 90% of the shit you'd be reading instead. <laughs> they are they are the weakest books of hers I've ever read. They're still really good comics. Um, mm. And, you know, it's just about a teen girl trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic zombie world. And 
getting tied up with other teens and maybe finding love and uh, dealing with the zombie apocalypse. And it was, they were really good. Um, the third book in the trilogy is supposed to come out next summer. Um, and I'm kind of eagerly awaiting it. I'm also eagerly awaiting for her to be out of this contract so she can make something much better that's not tied into The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But still, oh. I'm not kidding where I'm like, it's there's some of the best, better books I've read this entire year while also being the worst book she's ever done. So that tells you how I hold her books and in what esteem I hold her books. Yeah, um, that's impressive. And then the last thing I'll mention really quickly have you seen anything about the dc manga that's come out in the last year or two no so dc comics you know detective comics comics batman superman those guys are doing much better than marvel when it comes to reaching out to comics readers who are not the kind of people who go to a comic store marvel's doing a shit job of this they -hmm. really are but DC's got a Batman webtoons that you can read on webtoons along with all of your, you know, Yaoi Fujo stories. So like you can read your terrible romance and you can also read this Batman on your webtoons for free scrolling vertically on your phone because they're like, this is where comics readers are. So let's bring them a Batman story. Um, but they've done the same thing with manga and they have three uh, different books out well there's four books but one of them is the sequel to the other so there's like three different like series essentially that i think they're all going to get sequels um and the first one is like batman in a mech suit or something like pretty boilerplate looked pretty boring my friend john read it and seemed to really enjoy it but it seemed kind of just kind of boilerplate but the other two are where they get really weird the one that i read this last week is called superman versus meshi Um, so this is a meshy book, which I've talked about a couple of times here on the podcast, um, especially recently because I've read a couple of meshy books lately. Um, and meshy means like food or like a feast. Um, and so these are, these are books that focus on food as a, as a core element to the book. So the two that I've read recently done delicious and dungeon that book in Japanese is called dungeon meshy because that's what it's about. Um, and then the other one would be, she loves to cook and she loves to eat. Um, but this one, Superman versus Meshi, the basic premise of the comic is Superman has realized he has enough time on his lunch break to fly to Japan and eat delicious, delicious food for less than $10 a plate and still make it back before Perry White gets mad at him. <laughs> and so that's the premise. Every chapter is him like finding an excuse to fly to Japan, eat beautifully rendered food on the page be so orgasmically pleased with it that his heat vision like goes off because the takoyaki is so good and then like fly back just in time to be back from lunch like it's really light it's really stupid it's just kind of okay um but it wasn't it was a funny concept for a book of superman just loves to eat japanese food so he flies to japan for his lunch break but the one that i haven't read yet that i just need listeners and you to know exists I wish I could remember the name of it, but the premise of the book is Joker and Batman fighting in the Acme uh, chemical factory. This time, Joker knocks Batman into the vat of acid. And guess what happens to him, Peter? What's up? He gets turned into a baby. (laughs) And so the Joker does the only logical thing to do. Decide 
well, fuck, I guess I need to raise this baby because I need my nemesis back, but he's going to need a dad. So I guess I'm the dad now. As one and that is the, does. That is the premise of the book. Nice. That sounds unusual. That sounds stupid. It sounds stupid, but just the right kind of stupid. Again, my friend John also read the two Joker volumes that are out so far because its sequel volume is already out, and he said they were delightful. So if you trust a 70-year-old man who's never read manga in his life, he said they were delightful. And he's not the target audience, but he is the audience that I'm glad was targeted by it anyway. There but go. uh, good on DC for making some weird shit. And uh, Marvel, get it together. Do some cool stuff like that. Anyway, what Damn. have you been up to, Peter? Um, not a whole lot, you know, I've been doing a little writing as you kind of alluded to, I've been on call for uh, a little while now and, um, yeah, you know, not a ton. I'm still working on the wheel of time. Uh, it's starting to pick up for me. Uh, I'm getting to the point in book 12 where I think things are really starting to happen but then I get busy. So like I'll read on the weekend and then I just get busy enough during the week that I, I don't, um, I don't read much then. Um, no real movies, TV, anything worth talking about there. Um, haven't really dived into anything new in terms of games in part because I finally, oh gosh, I'm trying to think it was Monday night, finally had all the pieces to assemble a new gaming desktop. Ooh, and so exciting. Uh, I built a new, put together uh, Monday night, a new gaming PC and have been installing a lot on it because I'm ridiculous. And some of this isn't going to mean anything for some people who are listening. And some of this might mean stuff to some people who are listening. But let's just, we'll let Eden to describe the degree of insanity with what I ended up doing here. Okay. I have on the motherboard, it came with three NVMe M.2 slots. So I have two, two terabyte NVMe SSDs and a four terabyte NVMe SSD on the board. You have and then, eight terabytes on your board? Yeah. And then I have a four terabyte SATA SSD and then because why not? I have a 20 terabyte spinning hard drive. <laughs> Lord in heaven, they make them that big? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, they do. They do. For so, consumers. I hmm, knew they made them that big for like businesses. I didn't realize the consumer market had gotten to the point where <laughs> regular suckers were like, I need 20 terabytes. So, so I have... 32 terabytes of storage Christ alive. That's impressive with, uh, 12 of that being SSDs. And so I've just been basically installing everything <laughs> I want on it. I have fired up a few games just yeah. to see how they go. And it was fun. Yeah. Uh, fired up Diablo four and it was like, Oh, your first time running. We're going to set everything at ultra. Those are the recommended settings. You okay with that? And I was like, hell yeah, I am. And then I fired up Starfield and it was like, Hey, we're going to set everything on max ultra and high. Cause that's the recommended settings based on your hardware. Is that okay with you? And I was like, Oh yeah, it is. Uh, fired up Forza horizon five. Same thing. It was like, uh, the recommended setting graphic setting for this is extreme. Do you want to keep it there? And I was like, you better believe it. That was the goal in building this PC. 
Okay. So needless to say, um, you you told wait wait you told us how much memory this bad boy has, and just how many hard how much hard drive this has. You got to give me the rest of the stats on this machine. <laughs> so I put an AMD Ryzen R7 7800 something something in there, uh, which is a uh, not not the highest. It's not the R9, but it's the R7, and it's a very fast, very good gaming uh, CPU. Of uh, 64 gigs of DDR5 RAM. And then uh, I didn't, I'm only pushing a 2560 by 1440 high refresh rate monitor. I'm not pushing 4K or anything. So I only went with a 4070 Ti. Um, everything I could see basically said that the 4070 Ti is so close in performance to the 4080, but it's like $500 cheaper. So I went with the 4070 Ti. And that's one of the nice things is at only 2560 by 1440, it can easily push everything I've thrown at it at max settings. And I'm still getting frame rates in the hundreds. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, Things look really, really nice and very, very smooth, which is cool. Um, I I bet. (laughs) We're going to talk about some more games and some of where I've been spending some of my other time. So I'm going to leave the games at that. Uh, and then the final thing I will mention is uh, the last week and a half or two have been kind of real big weeks for me in music in terms of funeral doom. Um, I think I've talked before, or at least mentioned my uh, love of funeral doom as a genre. For those who aren't familiar, it's doom metal very, very slow. And it tends to be very heavy, very slow, usually pretty harsh, almost unintelligible vocals that are oftentimes kind of mixed lower in the mix. And for some reason it works really well for me. Uh, It's great to work to because even though there's vocals, you can't really understand them. And so they're more like a texture layer in the music than actual vocals. Uh, It's very good for me to write to because again, it is much more funeral doom is all about creating an atmosphere. And there've been three albums that have really been doing it for me. Uh, the newest album from convocation, which I would kind of argue sort of death doom versus funeral doom, but I feel their most recent album, no dawn for the collegianist night is definitely more on the funeral doom side of things. Uh, the, I happened to, in reading a review for that, stumble across an album from earlier this year by the band Oromet, uh, their self-titled album Oromet. And again, to put things into perspective, it's three songs and it's 50 minutes long. So that gives you an idea again, kind of what you're dealing with, with funeral doom. For sure. Uh, been really, really digging that one. And then the most recent, um, just this week, the newest album from the Funeral Doom band Slow was released, uh, Abimei 1, and it is classic slow. It is, again, all about the atmosphere, very heavy, uh, very kind of rumbling guitar tone. Again, those vocals that are just super low. And um, yeah, I've been really digging it, and it's really gotten me back into Funeral Doom. Nice. And uh, been enjoying those, so been getting a lot of funeral doom playtime and, and happened to get my Apple music, uh, replay, which once again is absolute garbage compared to Spotify <laughs> wrapped, but Hey, Apple, you tried. And since I use Apple music, that's the one I look at and bell, Witch, 
with their album that released this year, um, the clandestine gate part one, uh, that was uh, apparently Bellwitch was my number one artist for the year. Uh, I listened to over 3000 minutes of Bellwitch this year wow. and, uh, it didn't surprise me because <laughs> the clandestine gate is a single song and it's 83 minutes long. So, you know, you put that on repeat and you'll start racking up the minutes real quick. But, uh, yeah. So, well, let's dive into our topic for the week and indeed let um, us do it. You know, I kind of alluded to this, but we're going to talk about some video games and I'm going to be very honest and upfront again with me feeling pretty crappy the last couple of weeks and just exhausted after I got sick. I was kind of looking for something that was a little bit more, I don't know, kind of a little quicker for us to talk about something that didn't require a lot of homework, but something that I think hopefully will be a fun conversation. And that is, I thought we could talk about a relatively new ish sort of genre of games that we have talked about some of these before, uh, but they're kind of either you, I've heard them referred to as either reverse bullet hell shooters or bullet heaven shooters. Mm -hmm. So um, why don't you give us a, tell us what is a bullet hell game, Eden? Yeah. Uh, bullet hell games basically are a type of shoot 'em up game. So, you're already starting from a subsection. Shoot 'em up games or shmups, as people like to call them. That's how I love to call them because that's uh -huh. a satisfying word to say. Very satisfying. Um, basically, a shmup, the idea is there's a ton of enemies and you are trying to shoot while dodging enemy attacks. That's the way a shmup works. Bullet hell is... What if it was a shmup, but the bad guys were shooting a whole lot of projectiles at the player so many. character? So, so many you have got to be like on top of things. Like you got to really be doing a lot of movement. It takes a lot of like, you know, uh, careful movement and planning and things like that. So that's what a bullet hell game is. Like you are often in the middle. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say so much planning on those that the people who get very, very good at bullet hell games actually know exactly where the pixels for the hit box uh -huh. on their thing is. So they'll know how much of this projectile can I let actually touch the sprite, you know, the picture of my ship or whatever it is without it mm -hmm. registering as a hit. That's how precise they have to be. Yeah. It's really wild. Um, and they can be really I, fun. I, I think that a lot of them are pretty fun. Um, I, it's been a long time since I played one. Um, Enter the Gungeon is probably the newest one that I've played with, you know, some frequency. Um, I thought Enter the Gungeon was pretty fun. Uh, and, you know, I, I like them. You know, uh, closely related are like scrolling shooters, which I've also played a lot of. You know, we played a lot of those when we were kids. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Uh, Raptor. Do you remember oh. Raptor? Oh my gosh. One of the first games I repurchased on, on GOG, GOG or good old games. You better was believe Raptor Call of the Shadows. Call of the Shadows. You better believe I did too. I also have that on my GOG <laughs> account right now. Because it's a classic. It's really fun. It is. It's so But fun. yeah, so that's that's Bullet Hells. I like Bullet Hells. I'm very bad at them, so I don't play them a lot, but I I think that they're really fun as a as a genre. But you wanted to talk about something different. I did. 
And my sort of real introduction to this uh, happened earlier this year, I think it was, with uh, Vampire Survivors. So Vampire Survivors was this game that was showing up on Steam and it was getting recommended to me. And it was really cheap. I mean, I, I don't know. I should look and see how much it is. It's $4.99. There you go. I knew, I knew it was cheap. but it, And it has, you know, that very much kind of old school pixel art sort of look to it. But it is. It was very inexpensive. And you look in there and it's one of these where its ratings on Steam are overwhelmingly positive, which is basically the most positive that, that, that they'll give. And, and a lot of reviews. I mean, we're talking, you know, 200,000 reviews and they're, it just was getting all this buzz. And I was like, okay, I got to just, you know, again, it's four ninety nine. Freaking got to try this game. And I tried it and I started it. And the first time I played it, it didn't click for me. And then I played it again and all of a sudden it started to click. And once it started to click, I found myself playing this freaking game so much, just playing it and playing it and playing it. And then I kind of started noticing that based on its popularity, so many other games like this started popping up. So yeah. what's the difference here of between a bullet heaven and a bullet hell, or again, a reverse bullet hell shooter. Uh, the main thing is you're not really getting much enemies coming at you, but instead of it, be, I mean, an enemy shooting at you, what yeah. you're getting is you're getting tons and tons of actual enemies coming at you. I mean, the entire screen is filling up with enemies that are coming at you. It, it's almost like a Muso. It can be hundreds of enemies at once, like in a Muso game, except usually these are top down rather than in third person, like a Muso is. Uh-huh. And, and you know, one of the kind of keys to me is these are sort of their auto fire games. You're mm-hmm. not picking, okay, I'm going to use this weapon here and I'm going to do this here and I'm going to do this here, you know, as opposed to, and again, very, very different genres, but you think about something like Elden Ring or a Dark Souls game, something like that, where you've got to kind of very carefully plan, I'm going to use this weapon and these spells, and I'm going to do this for this enemy. And then I'm going to switch my, you know, you're, you're constantly changing your strategy in these. You start off with one ability. And then as you're killing enemies, the usual will drop little gems or little things that represent experience. And you pick those up and then you level up. And when you level up, you'll usually be given a selection of options to choose from either uh, a new weapon or an, uh, an improvement to the weapon you already have or something that maybe buffs your damage or your armor, whatever. And you just pick one of these and then you, then the game keeps going and then you level up again and the game keeps going and you're becoming more and more powerful. You're getting more weapons and then you're leveling up your weapons. And so they're getting more powerful as you continue to play so that as more enemies are coming at you and as enemies that are stronger are coming at you, you're just running around, not thinking about what you're doing because all of these weapons and abilities are just firing off on their own and you're just creating mm-hmm. havoc on the screen. 
And a lot of times... So your biggest motivation as the player is, again, movement because it's uh auto-firing. And you're like, I need to build, you know, I need to have a build that will keep people from touching me. But a lot of what I'm going to be doing is kiting so that enemies kind of clump together so that my my harder hitting abilities will hit better, things like that. Yeah. And and again, in, in pretty much all of these that I've played, you'll play through and it's either a certain amount of time and then it will cut off. Uh, there'll be maybe a boss that comes out at some point. And once you defeat that boss, you're done with that quote level, that run. And in the midst of this, you're collecting currency. And then in between, you can use that currency to then upgrade abilities, upgrade your health, upgrade your armor, your speed, whatever. And then often there'll be certain things where do X, Y, and Z, and then you're unlocking additional characters who play a little differently and those sorts of things. So there's kind of a little bit of aspects of almost like a roguelike in there where at some point your run is going to end. It's either going to end with you dying or it's going to end with you beating the boss of that run and then it stops. And it's not like this is a level. Now you're going to the next level. Nope. Now you're kicked back. You're kicked back to uh, usually a selection screen where now you're going to use that currency. Maybe, you know, some of them, there'll be items. You may equip those items, trade those, whatever, mm-hmm. but you're kind of making your character stronger in between these. And then you're going to go and you're going to run again. And a lot of times, uh, again, there'll be different kind of tile sets, different environments that you're going to, that you can go and choose from and different unlocks. And so the idea of these games is again, you're just playing over and over and over Mm -hmm. again, but either getting further or again, unlocking additional characters. And then you unlock a new character. Now you're going to take that character because again, oftentimes the more you use a character, the more they can get strong and things like that. Um, I don't know. Is that a fair kind of um, yeah. sort of overview of, of what makes these games tick? Do you think? Yeah. I think that that is a really good um, kind of explanation of what's happening. So I have, um, I, I have really, really started to dig these games. Uh, I like them a lot for a few reasons. Uh, and I thought we could kind of talk about what we do like, what we don't like, and maybe uh, a few examples of these that we've played that we think stand out. Because I will tell you this, based on the popularity of Vampire Survivors, I think, because again, I think that was really the first big one. Based on the popularity of these games, there are so many, and so many of them are garbage. I mean, these yeah. are games that they can make fairly easily, and just shit them out pretty quick. Uh-huh. And so you go on Steam and you will find literally hundreds of games that are similar to this. Yeah. And so then again, I thought we could talk about any that have stuck out to us or maybe if there's been anything that's kind of risen to the top that we wanted to talk about, we could talk about that. So, yeah. I mean, I will be perfectly honest. Um, I have played a, f- a bit of Vampire Survivors. I think if I looked on my Xbox, I think it was like 14, 15 hours is all. Um, but, I, you know, it it scratches a particular itch. I don't think I'm very good at it. Um, but it does, you know, it's it's this is a quintessential podcast game. 
Like you don't need to be paying attention to the sounds that are going on. You don't need to like pause your podcast because you're like, oh crap, it's a uh, it's a uh, cutscene. I got to actually pay attention to the story. There's no story. Uh-huh. There's no story. Yep. Pick whichever character. It's been long enough since I played. I can't think of the character. I pick whichever character has the cool, like, rainbow vertical explosions. And then I try to get some garlic real quick. And I kill things until I die. (laughs) But uh, I think think that Vampire Survivors is pretty fun. I can see why it hit the way it did. I also, like, can see that it was one of those games that, like, as I was reading about it, it was like, yes, this game is one of those ones that for whatever reason it entered the YouTube let's play influencer ecosystem and if that if you have that happen that's game over for you you're now the richest yeah. person on earth that's yeah. how you you are now great you're going to if you want to 8 years from now Annapurna is going to release the movie based on your stupid video game if you play your cards <laughs> right as soon as you find out that YouTube people are playing your game that's true. Uh, and, you know, more power to the guy who started it. Uh, Luca Galante is an Italian dude who's the main developer on it. Um, more power to him. I hope he's made a ton of money. I hope he has been very smart with that money because it'll eventually peter out. It That's hasn't true. yet. It had a it had DLC come out this week, for Christ's sake. Yep. Um, so, like, it certainly hasn't petered out yet, but it will. So I hope he's planning ahead. Um, Definitely. But I do think it was very fun. But I, so in preparation for this podcast, I went on to Steam and I was like, I'm going to just maybe spend 10, 15 bucks buying a couple of these and trying them out. And then I looked at them all and I was like, these all look like dog shit. And I didn't <laughs> buy a single one and didn't try a single one. So you're just going to have to tell me about what you found. Because okay. everyone I looked at, I was just like, I'm good, actually. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> and it doesn't help that they're not, like, super easy to find on Steam because Bullet Heaven is not one of the tags on Steam, or if it is, Correct. like, no, it's, it's not. not a, it's not one that's, like, findable. So I'm looking at the Bullet Hell tag on Steam literally right now, and, yes, there's a bunch of these, like Vampire Survi- Survivors and this one called, uh, you know, uh, what is the name of this game that looks just like it? Soulstone Survivors, which <laughs> looks like the same game. And it's oh, we're like, going to okay, talk about Soulstone Survivors. Brotato looks like another one of these. More power to mm-hmm. these games. But I we're going to talk about I'm bro. Like, I'm going to talk about Brotato too. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you then, because I just look at them and I'm like, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. I opened it up, I looked at it, and I thought to myself, I don't. I can't. I can't do it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about these games enough to. And that's want totally to fair. But so, tell and, me and, about the ones that you like and well, the so ones that you hated. Tell, let me tell you first why I think I have found these games to really click for me. And as we've talked about it a lot of times, you, you know, life has been pretty crazy for me, and I am finding it very difficult to have the time that I can set aside to dive into even a eight to 12 hour narrative focused game, which is really my jam. I really dig games with a strong narrative focus that I can enjoy the story. I can get into the characters, that sort of thing, but I'm having a really hard time finding that. And because these obligately are going to be time 
limited things. Like again, Vampire Survivors is is the one that probably lasts the longest. And if you get good, which yeah. you know, I've gotten to the point that I've unlocked enough that almost every time I play Vampire Survivors, I'm going to make it to 30 minutes when the Reaper then comes and you die no matter what. And 30 minutes is sometimes a little bit of a long time for me. But still, you know, it's it's being able to sit down and play through honestly as little as like 6 to 10 minutes and feel like I made some progress. I either yeah. unlocked something, a character or a new uh, weapon or ability, or I, I earned enough currency to level up an ability or two so that the next time I play it, I'm going to be a little bit stronger. Sure. And I think that and see, that has been one of the reasons they've really clicked for me. That makes a lot of sense. For me, if I've got 15 minutes to play a game, I just pop open Genshin and grind out some material so my characters can get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And see, I, ha- I haven't ever played that. So it's a different, it's a different thing. You're probably better for having not played it because you don't <laughs> need to, you, you don't need to play the predatory gotcha game. You're good, but well, I do. I, so, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you have that. Um, but one of the other reasons that I actually really, really enjoy these games is, you know what these games are perfect for? They're perfect for a handheld gaming device that you can sit on a couch while, I don't know, somebody else is watching a TV show, but I want to be in the room with somebody or I can take to my office with me because I know I'm going to have 30 minutes of downtime at some point during the day. And I want to break this out and I want to play a little bit. These sure. all run great on the Steam Deck or the ROG Ally, the Legion Go, any of those things. They play really well with a controller type setup. And because they're not, you know, these big graphically intense AAA games, um, they run great on those devices. Lasts. And I bet oh, your yeah. battery lasts great with them. Oh yeah. They're not draining the battery. So again, super, super good to kind of sit down and just play for whatever time you have. And again, it can be as little as, you know, five minutes. Sure. And, and so that they're just so well suited for that handheld gaming device that that's been another reason I've really enjoyed them. So let me tell you about a few that I've really liked. Um, I don't have a bunch yeah. that I haven't really liked cause I've kind of been, I've tried to be picky. Um, that makes sense. And there are some that I've enjoyed more than others though. So we've kind of talked about vampire survivors again. It's, I really enjoy it. A pretty good sized roster of characters to unlock and you can get mutations or these, what I think don't remember what they call them. Um, but where if you have this certain weapon that you got, and then this other thing at some point down the road, you may be able to turn them into something different. And so there yeah. is a little bit of depth to, okay, I'm going to pick this in hopes that I get this so that I can turn it into this because that's going to be good for this level or, or that sort of thing. Um, Brotato, Brotato's fun. Here's the thing. A bunch of these I got, I'm pretty sure through like either humble bundles or I don't know how they showed up in my library for steam. Cause some of these, I didn't pick out personally. Uh, Brotato was just there. I was going to say it must not have been from it must not have been from a humble choice because I don't have these games. But <laughs> well, somehow Brotato was some in sort of library. some sort of bundle. So Brotato, uh, one of the things that says first of all, Brotato, you pick a stupid. It just looks like a potato, and there's different ones that you start with. 
And you're just this little weird white lump running around with like a gun floating randomly in the air around you. And it rotates around you either direction because it's firing automatically. And it looks funny. And, you know, it's great. You'll continue to add other guns and weapons. And the next thing you know, you've got a little white lumpy potato running around with like six or eight different weapons circulating around around <laughs> your character. Nice. And um, Brotato, the thing I like about it is it's a, a, it's a very confined space. So in Vampire mm-hmm. Survivors, some of those levels are really big. And you'll they get are. a little indicator off the side of the screen that there's something you can go pick up, uh, whether it's a trinket that gives you some ability or something like that. And you can be running towards one of those for like five minutes before you get there. Yeah. And Brotato, it's maybe too big. Yeah. Well, and again, I think we kind of hinted at this when I talked about one of the other games on my list here. Sometimes again, that 30 minutes is almost too long. Like it starts to yeah. feel, it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored now. Uh-huh. Um, Brotato, much more kind of confined board, uh, space to play on. So you really, you're not running around very far. I mean, it's like, take the screen of the steam deck. It's like four of those. So you're really, oh, you're not any very tiny, very, very tiny, very tiny. Yeah. Um, so soul, soul, soul stone survivors, you mentioned that one. The reason I kind of found this one out is, you know, I, I had my now 14 year old, I helped him set up a steam account. Uh, mm-hmm. and he happened to, I think, cause again, so many of these are very inexpensive. He bought this game for himself and I watched him play it and I was like, well, that looks kind of fun. And the thing, you know, Soulstone survivors is not, it's a unity game. It looks like it's made in unity. It has that unity graphic style. It is sure. not that pixel art kind of thing. Like vampire survivors is, uh, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more of kind of a 3d top down isometric view. Uh, This one's fun just because you get, there's a ton of weapons and abilities and you'll just get to the point where you're running around and there is just like, there is just fire going everywhere and then lightning bolts. And it's kind of just satisfying to really destroy things. Sure. Um, Another one that I picked up about the same time as I grabbed Soulstone survivors is halls of torment. Halls of torment kind of has again, that old school pixel art style of vampire survivors my only complaint mm-hmm. about halls of torment. And the reason I haven't played this nearly as much is I just don't think, I don't know. There's a certain, I don't know. There's a certain charm to the vampire survivors style of the pixel art. Look sure. halls of torment feels like, like it, it really looks like it was made on really old hardware. Um, so sure. again, it's one that I've played, but I haven't played a ton, um, but a couple other that I have kind of come across in the last little bit, there's one called 20 minutes till dawn. Don't know where it came from in my steam library. It had been sitting there for a while. I was like, I should check this out. It's fun because it starts off a little bit like a twin stick shooter. So you've got your gun and you're, you've got a point and then you've got to pull the trigger to shoot. That's what you start off with. But your very first ability is probably going to add you something that automatically now starts firing. And so as it progresses, as it adds more, you're getting things where honestly, the gun that you start out with, like I just stop using it often at some point because all of the other things you're getting that are automatically firing do so much more. Sure. Uh, The 20 minutes to dawn is till dawn is kind of fun. Again, it's 20 minutes. Uh, There is an option for a sped up one. That's only 10 minutes. The enemies come faster, move faster, hit harder, but you level up quicker. Sure. Uh, it's kind of a Lovecraftian vibe to it. 
that I kind of dig is still sort of a pixel art, but it's a very, uh, not really monochromatic, but it's kind of all dark grays, a little bit of green and, and blacks. Um, it's one that I've really only, again, I probably started playing this like a week ago cause it was like, sitting in my steam library and I was like, I should check this out. Sure. But I've liked that one. That one's been fun. Nice. Um, we talked about army of ruin, I think about a month ago or so. Oh, and I that was the one that you one, mentioned that was like really quick. Yeah. I mean, I think by 10 minutes is when the final boss is going to show up. And that one's been fun because uh, again, the, it looks a little bit nicer. It's a little more 3d isometric sort of smooth characters, but, um, very, very different sort of, depending on which character you choose, very different initial weapons that you start mm -hmm. off with. And then each character has an ability that is on a recharge. And so you get this ability, you know, the rogue character like dashes through things without taking any damage and leaves a little poison bomb behind. Um, the, uh, the orc character like shoots these spikes out of the ground that pushes everybody around him back. Uh, so you kind of have these again on a, on a cooldown these abilities that uh, are recharging. Uh, and then probably the most recent one that I have really enjoyed is called death must die and death must die is got a little bit more of an overarching story. You know, so many of these, it's just, oh, here's your level go. And this one uh -huh. actually, the idea is that the death has, uh, and I'm it, death has basically taken something that is allowing him to run amok. And you've been, you, you are dead and you've been resurrected by the gods to go and kill death. And so as you run around, as you level up in this game, what happens is different deities will appear to you and offer you a boon and that's your new weapon or your ability. And okay. so it'll be very different each game, depending on which deities randomly appear to you. And they'll have some synergies between the different deities. So you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, I, you know, now I've seen this one because once one comes to you, they're going to come to you again. So you're kind of like, okay, I know that this deity is going to come back and here's what they focus on. And, and they'll have different focuses. You know, some of them, it's more fire-based weapons and some of them, it's like necromancy type things. And, and so it's been, it, this, it's been one of the ones that I've really, I've, I've found it, it has a little bit more depth. I feel because of that. Mm -hmm. Did you ever play Hades? You know, it's one of those games that when it hit, it hit so big that I was like, I'm good. And I've never <laughs> played it. So it's here's probably what really good. Hades. I've heard, I've heard it's very, very good, but like my Twitter timeline was so like obsessed with it that I was like, it's the same reason why I've never seen the movie Titanic. Because everybody okay. loved it and everybody talked about it. And I was like, I'm good. It's just me being contumacious. I'm kind of a dick. Hey, look, it's the same reason I've never seen Forrest Gump. You know what? That movie sucks so bad, though. So you're good. You should <laughs> never watch that movie. That movie's hateful. <laughs> well, I, I don't ever want to watch it. I figure it's been out this long and I've never seen it. So I have no reason to. Hateful, um, here's what I'd bad say. Bad boomer uh, apologia that needs to be forgotten forever. <laughs> well, as uh, contrary, and I, you know, Titanic is a stupid movie too, so you didn't miss anything there. Um, 
in, in contrast though, to these, I would say you should play Hades. Hades is really, really good. I mean, Hades is an incredible game. It is. And it's great characters and you know, Hades is cool. I bring it up because the way the gods kind of appear to you in death must die. It really feels like they took a little bit of the vampire survivors playbook, but then added in this dash of kind of Hades. It reminds me of Hades in that way. Okay. And again, Hades is such a good, good game that anything that kind of doesn't feel derivative, but kind of feels like, yeah, we're taking some cool ideas from this. I'm totally down with. So death must die is probably if I were to look at any of these I talked about and I was going to say, try one death must die. Honestly would be the one that I would recommend. Uh, It is a very cool game and it is good as well. Fairly inexpensive. In fact, uh, you know, uh, let's just see 699. There you go. So I'm, yeah. I only know this because I literally have the bullet hell thing still open and I'm scrolling down this list of bullet hell listed games. And first off, there is a bunch of the bullet heavens. Secondly, there are so many just like thinly veiled porn games on steam at this point. It's just oh, embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, and there's a bunch that aren't even thinly veiled. I was looking through and there was one that was called, <laughs> It was called hentai survivors. Yeah. I just just saw hentai survivors and I was like, Oh, okay. I understand what we're doing here. (laughs) And like other, like it's just weird how quickly this just kind of, and clearly like, I think that you're right that a lot of them don't hit as well as vampire survivors did or as death must die must hit because I think that they just get shat out real quick. Yes. Because like, one of them, I was looking at it, it was called Sundown Survivors, and, you know, I, you know, mouse over it, and the little video starts auto-playing, and I'm like, that just looks like the Farm Sim Sunhaven. And so I clicked through it, and sure enough, it's made by the Sunhaven people. It's just Sunhaven characters in <laughs> a Vampire Survivors, and it's like, okay, guys, okay. Okay. Yeah. But also, Steam's so bad at this sometimes. Yes. Year Replicant is not a bullet hell game. Uh-uh. Why is it listed as a bullet? What? Because near automata, near automata has like five minutes of a 30 hour game. That is a bullet hell part five minutes. And so I could see you putting near automata on there. Well, so here's the thing to remember about these tags. Those you, those tags are user generated well the users as so often the audience is mid Uh uh-huh be better audience it's not bullet hell no affecting rpg yes bullet hell no (laughs) i would recommend again if you were to try out any one of these i talked about death must die would be the one i would recommend Uh, army of ruin is the next one those are the vampire survivors army of ruin and death must die are the three that i have enjoyed the most um, but like I say, you know, it's an interesting little, and this is one of the things we see, especially now with, uh, the easily accessible, um, uh, game engines that are available, uh, some of them for free. And it's to a point where the only investment to make a game is going to be your time. 
you can do it, you know, all the tools to make it, to make a game like this can be made for, can be found and used for free. Uh And so it has allowed this proliferation for good or ill. But, you know, we see this a lot in, um, in games these days where something hits and it's really easy for other things to kind of jump on it and, and ride along with it. And, and I'm well, kind of a contrarian as well. So a lot of times I'll avoid those sorts of things, uh-huh. but this one has clicked with me. What were you going to say? Well, it, it's just, I feel like that's more and more common in, and maybe I'm, I'm full of shit. Probably this has probably been how video games has always been, but I feel like I'm noticing it more the last few years because like battlegrounds comes out and everyone freaks out and it's like, Oh, this Arma mod got turned into a whole game and people like it. I guess we need to make our own battle Royale. So suddenly every shooter was a battle Royale shooter Uh and for better or for ill, sorry to the seven people that liked original Fortnite mode Fortnite, but that's not what that game's about anymore. Now it's now it's to the point where nobody even plays build mode in Fortnite anymore. Everyone plays no build. So like Uh the actual fort part of Fortnite has disappeared entirely. Um, or, you know, the same sort of thing I feel like happened with um, when Among Us got really big, um, uh, you know, after during the pandemic. And then suddenly every single game had to be like, we're going to add like a, a mafia mode or like a secret mode like that. And it's just like, you could also just do your own thing, guys. Yeah. It's okay. I promise you can. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I, I mean, I'm sure to some degree this has always been there. But again, I think that the tools to make these games to some degree have been democratized to the point Mm -hmm. that it is a lot easier for people to do that. And so it leads to this, this rampant bandwagon jumping that, that happens. Um, and again, like I say, that, that can be fun, but it also leads to things like, again, you've got. I was trying to just look for examples of this. And again, the page I found was 563 things that this website was saying were similar to vampire survivors. That's, that's the, a lot of games. That's a lot of games. The part that I think is the funniest and what makes this as, as much as I recognize that when they are good, they are good. And to be fair, the ones that you mentioned really liking are not doing this. So many of these things are getting shit out there and then immediately being called something survivors. Uh So that when you're searching for vampire survivors, then, oh, suddenly hentai survivors shows up or (laughs) or crafty survivors or uh, zombies, gun suit survivors. There's a fucking Pathfinder one of these. Uh huh. Pathfinder Gallo Spear survivors. And so like, honestly, I'm surprised that Pathfinder beat D and D to the punch to be perfectly honest. (laughs) There's probably a Warhammer. There's probably seven Warhammer ones with the ease with which the Warhammer folks uh, send will uh, sell the rights (laughs) to their games. There's probably seven of them, but like, I just think that it feels like a lot of them are just a little like mercenary for lack of a better way to describe Mm -hmm. it in the way that they are, are, you know, trying to explicitly invoke and evoke, uh, vampire survivors to be like, look, 
do you want to pay three dollars for choo choo survivor where it's vampire survivors but you're a train and you're like i mean i guess i three dollars <laughs> want to try choo choo survivor i mean because i bet I people have it, but now i kind of want to try it <laughs> it literally just showed up um when i refreshed the bullet hell page it looks very silly it's vampire survivors but you're on a train track and you're a train <laughs> there you go. why not there you go well like i say I, I i i enjoy these uh i think they're great for playing on the steam deck anything like that but as with anything i do think that it's going to reach a point uh, it's going to reach a breaking point where it's too much and people are like okay we're done with this and we all know how fickle people are people are going to move yeah. on to something else yeah. And it will be, it's always interesting to me to see what hits and what hits hard. And I think like, as you said, a lot of times the right person just needs to start streaming it, whether it's on YouTube or on Twitch or whatever. And then it just, it, it can for almost inexplicable reasons at times just become a runaway and, uh, yeah. we'll see what the next one is. And then there are 17 five nights of Freddy's games and a movie. Uh-huh. And three other movies that came out first that are basically Five Nights and Freddy's spec scripts that then they decided not to go with. So they were like, well, let's file the serial numbers off and put this crap out. <laughs> and that's the know. thing is it like the real, like the, the worm turns. Nobody gives a shit about Five Nights at Freddy's anymore. Nope. That's over. By the time that movie came out, it was over for most people. Like some people thought back on it fondly. And those are the few, like six people that went and saw Five Nights at Freddy's because it did not do that good because they didn't strike when the iron was hot. And like, I wonder if we've maybe already made that turn and we just haven't noticed it yet with the survivors style game where like there's too many, they're everywhere. And uh, it's kind of over now. Yeah. It we've would hit, be interesting. We've to hit see like critical goes. mass, and it, none none of them are going to come out and like have that critical or sales success because it's just the 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 market is too flooded. I don't know if we're there or not, but we might be. I think we're getting close. So I will say the last thing I'll say is I was looking at all those bullet hell games and. I saw that in that list of bullet hell games was mother gunship. And I remembered how cool mother gunship is. And I was like, maybe I should go back and play mother gunship. Did you ever play that? It's fun. I don't think I did. Do you want to play a first person bullet hell game? It's okay. wild. What if it's a bullet hell game, but you are in a mech and it is first person in a mech. So you got four guns, five guns going at once and it's wild. And you just got to like run, 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 run. It's a pretty cool game. Mother gunship is pretty cool. So just, I had this thing in the back of my head and I had to look it up. And I, uh, as you'd mentioned this and you were talking about five nights at Freddy's, I did remember an animated vampire survivors television series was announced in April, 2023. No I can't word imagine on why where that sits, but yeah, I was like, oh, I swear. I remember there was something that was announced along those lines. And I think you're right. It's going to be too late. What could you possibly do? They already made it. It's called Castlevania. It's four seasons in on Netflix. It's fine, apparently. Apparently, the new one is very gay. Uh, but, like, that ship has sailed, buddies. What are you going to... Vampires... It's Castlevania, except you're the one shooting. Yep. will be interesting to see what happens. It will be. Well, until we find out what happens with these games and how badly the vampire survivors 
animated series either dies or in my opinion, most likely never actually makes it to be oh, yeah. released. I'm calling my uh, shot. That's never coming out. Yeah, I don't think so. But until any of that happens and we can circle back around, we'll go ahead and call it quits tonight and look forward to talking about fingers crossed. I can make it and see uh, Godzilla minus one this coming week when I'm no longer on call. And uh, until then, uh, people are welcome to reach out to us at feedback at the middle of culture.com. Go ahead and subscribe, share, leave a review, five star rating, all those good things. And uh, we'll plan to talk again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Talk to you later, folks. <laughs>